Valerichuk. We will talk with Small Cell Forum on its recent NFB deal with Etsy and speak with 4G Americas to get an update on the role virtualization is set to play in 4G and 5G network deployments. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Thanks for joining us on this week's NFBSD Rally Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, recently, uh, the Small Cell Forum uh, announced a partnership with Etsy on its NFB program. Uh, the deal calls for exploring synergies between the two organizations in the deployment of both Small Cell Forum, or Small Cells, and, uh, and Etsy's NFB uh, organization there. Uh, today, we are joined by Mark Grayson, who's, uh, who heads up the virtualization work at the Small Cell Forum and is a distinguished consulting engineer at Cisco to talk a bit about the agreement. Mark, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, Dan. You're welcome. Great. Well, maybe I guess give us a quick overview of the agreement. I know it was announced, I believe it was last week, uh, but obviously it's a good deal between Small Cell Forum and Etsy kind of on the, on the NFV work. Can you give us, I guess, a little, a little overview there on the, on the announcement? Yeah, sure. So, so virtualization has been something the forum's been looking at for, for some time. Um, and in particular, I guess when we look at uh, Etsy NFV, we see a number of use cases being defined there. Uh, and, and from a mobile perspective, uh, use case five, use case six are the, you know, applying NFV to the 3GB core network, and then uh, applying NFV concepts to the base station. So, mm -hmm. so those have been the focus area from the forum. Um, and uh, initially, uh, our focus has been on the former one of those, looking at the, the virtualization aspects of the core network. Mm -hmm. And in our most recent release, so at Mobile World Congress just back in February, we, we launched our release five, which was uh, termed rural and remote. Mm -hmm. What we found with, with rural and remote is we were looking at sort of an aggregate set of use cases, which were, which, uh, which as a, an aggregate were, were very significant in terms yep. of the market opportunity. But at the, each sort of atomic level, had scalability which was somewhat below where small cells had conventionally been been targeted for example your conventional residential play your enterprise your urban when yeah. we're looking at um, uh, rural and remote we're perhaps looking at some remote industrial applications um, some some transportation verticals where we really wanted to look at the use of the nfv technology not to scale up as massive data centers, but to really scale down and tailor the scalability of the small cell solution to the rural and remote deployment use cases. Yeah, and that's an interesting part of this because it does seem like you're right. I mean, NFV in general, people think about virtualization. They think of a very big picture scenario here where you know you get virtualization controlling these large networks and data centers and IT, IT space. And then you look at small cell form and you think of again, like you said, kind of a you know, this kind of moving in and densification and things like that. So, you know, I guess from the outside it does look like an odd marriage. But I guess when you look at deeper, though, it does make sense because, you know, with small, with, with small cell deployments, I mean, you're looking at thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of these things being put out there. And controlling all of this is going to be a huge challenge for, for mobile operators. Right, right. And, and quite clearly, when we're looking at that, that sort of breadth of, of deployments, we can't rely on physical network equipment, which has come out of a cellular industry, you know, used to scaling to the millions. I now need to support a, a remote, I don't know, uh, mining operation. Yeah, yeah. How do I get infrastructure on site, which then is dimensioned to, to address that particular opportunity? So as, as I said, that was the, the, the first focus area um, of, of this small cell forum. 
But now moving forward, um, we kicked off a, a study uh, almost 12 months ago, um, which was looking at the use case six, which, was, which, which is applying virtualization to the base station. Mm -hmm. And then posing the question about how should we be looking about applying NFV techniques to the small cell itself? Uh, I mean, we, we were seeing the narrative of, of cloud RAM being sort of, I guess, owned by the macro vendors in terms of a, a, a CIPRI-based decomposition, which is based on sort of ideal transport characteristics. Yeah. Um, and, and when we look at small cells, um, the majority of those are deployed over non-ideal transport. And therefore, we've re-examined that particular space to say, how should we be looking at decomposition of a small cell into a, into a physical network function and a virtual network function, then, which then supports transport over these non-ideal uh, networks? Got it. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. Like you said, I mean, small cell deployments are going to be a huge challenge. And, and again, the backhaul situation, the power situation. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big challenges there. And it does seem like it seems like what you're saying then is, you know, using virtualization can definitely ease this deployment model. Uh, and obviously, with automation, different things like that, uh, being able to control these on, on the network. I'm guessing is is a big push for what small cell farmers looking looking to do, and maybe helping operators uh, in, in their deployment models with this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so so. We recognize that, that we often need to interact with a macro layer. So if the macro layer is, is virtualizing, then, then how does that uh, impact the, the interactions between the small cell layer, which we believe is going to virtualize as well? Mm -hmm. And to your point, how, how do we marry up those, the, the, the intelligence, the coordination that's required in order to deliver the, the new scaling tools and procedures required for, for, for this sort of transition towards this virtualized world? Yeah, good. and obviously the timing of this seems like it's pretty good too. I mean, I know uh, small cells, they are being deployed, uh, but some may say that perhaps the deployment has been a little behind schedule, but it does seem like the timing between, the, I guess, a broader deployment of those and this move towards virtualization really seems to be lining up pretty well, uh, where, you know, as operators move towards virtualization, which is happening pretty rapidly here, and again, with small cells being deployed, it does seem like a good time, I'm guessing, for you guys to be working with Etsy on what they're doing, because obviously Etsy is kind of the standards body that people are looking for, looking towards when it comes to kind of, if there's going to be a standard for NFV, they're kind of the one everybody's looking at. So it does seem like the timing seems pretty good for, for I guess, uh, an agreement between small cell form and, and Etsy on this. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, we've seen, I guess that we would call them the, the, the initial sort of virtualized RAM deployments, as we say, based on, on dark fiber. Yeah. Uh, and recognizing that there is going to be uh, that in of itself doesn't really scale because we can't get that type of transport deep into the network because mm -hmm. it has its own economic challenges. And therefore, if we're able to marry the whole concepts of, of, of decomposing a, a small cell into a, a physical network function, you know, remote radio head and some virtualized functionality that sits within a data center, uh, while simultaneously enabling that to be transported over a wide range of Ethernet-based transport, uh, we really have the foundation to, to accelerate the adoption of this capability, uh, not just from a small cell perspective, but candidly, you know, uh, it, it, in the broader market, uh, looking at how should we really optimally look to decompose base stations. Because I think what's different from uh, uh, the other use cases that we have from an Etsy perspective is we always recognize that when we decompose a base station, we can't virtualize, sorry, when we virtualize a base station, we can't virtualize the complete base station. Sure. We always need a radio element. We always need a physical network function to terminate the RF. 
And so the first problem to solve is which functions, how do we decompose, how do we split the base station between the physical network function and the virtual network function? I guess, I guess as you look at that part of it, I mean, how far are you along in, in I guess, working on that, on that part of it? Because like you said, I mean, obviously you do need at some point uh, a radio antenna out there making all this stuff happen. I know yeah. there's been lots of talk about, you know, virtualization, virtualization potentially replacing everything in a network, but obviously there are some parts that can't be replaced. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, and so I guess how far are you guys along and I guess I'm making that move or I guess, you know, uh, I guess coming to some sort of a standard or some sort of a way to, to kind of make this part of it happen. Yeah, so, so as we said, so, so almost 12 months ago, we kicked off this study. Our, our study is set to conclude in June this year. So okay. at, the, uh, at the Small Cells World Summit over in London, June this year, we'll be making uh, a public, uh, the, the output of that study. Mm -hmm. And that study is, is looking at all the different ways we could decompose uh, the, the small cells and, and then making some recommendations as to follow on work. Yeah. Okay. Now, I guess obviously, you know, uh, small cell form, a lot of members there. How important is this this virtualization uh, move towards, I guess, towards the the membership there and their view of the advances in, in small cell? I'm guessing it's a pretty pretty big part of their their views moving forward. Yeah. So, so uh, if if we look back at the focus of the forum, the fo uh, uh, we have what we call, you know, the the the, the forum releases. Yeah. So we started off with, with residential, then we moved to enterprise, then we moved to urban, and now we're just in uh, remote and rural. So those have been, to date, the focus of, of the forum. Really, now we, we've closed out uh, that particular piece of work, okay. uh, you know, because now we've got sort of examples of, of small cells being deployed across that complete range. Yeah. Now, as you say, the focus of, of the forum is absolutely looking at virtualization, looking at the impacts of 5G, and interesting, you, you note the, the 4G America's work of the role of virtualization as we move to, to 5G. Yeah. Because the operators from the forum perspective absolutely highlighted that as, as one of their questions to answer. How can we use virtualization to ease the transition towards whatever 5G becomes? Yeah, and I mean, again, it seems like the timing of this all seems, because like, like you said, I mean, you know, 5G is, at least in talks at this point. I mean, obviously we're looking at probably still another five years before anything's actually out there. But between that virtualization, obviously small cells are going to be a big part of not just LTE advance, but of, of this 5G movement, it seems like. It's going to be a big part of this. It seems like all these new pieces are coming into play here, which are really going to be central to kind of this evolution of what the network is going to look like. I mean, it seems like, you know, five years from now, the networks that we know today, I mean, some of the parts will be the same. Obviously, like you said, the antennas and things like that. But it seems like a lot of the network is going to be a it's going to be a lot different than what we're than what we view as a traditional cellular uh, network um, of, of, of the past yeah so 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 i think there are there are some common themes uh, we're going to have to have densification yeah um, and I, I think compared with where we've been in the past you know this continual appetite to consume more and more data means that the only way we're going to uh, support that is on a denser and denser uh, base station grid so I think that, you know, that, that argument is over. Uh, everyone agrees that we need to densify, but also from, a, from a, an ease of deployment, we need to perhaps change our tools and procedures yeah. because now we're no longer pouring concrete and, 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 uh, and you know, uh, deploying large towers. We're, yeah. we're, we're now to shift to deploying, you know, candidly millions of small towers. So that's one aspect. The other one is, is we need to recognize that there is sets of spectrum out there and we need to uh, enable the, our operators to, aggregate that spectrum uh, in its totality to be able to address this opportunity. So that could be using license and license exempt 
and maybe even likely license. So I think now we're seeing a shift between that densification and really the, the spectral aggregation that I now need to be able to aggregate all these assets and then use both of those axes to, to provide you know, the massive data that we see uh, for, for the users. Yeah, yeah, like operators always say, I mean, they have to use as much in their in their toolbox as they can to uh, to meet this demand. I mean, obviously, it's spectrum, it's towers, it's small cells, it's virtualization. I mean, everything they can throw at it uh, is what they're going to need to do at some point. Because yeah, I mean, usage is not going down. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess as you look at as you look at what Etsy's been doing, obviously Etsy's been uh, at the forefront, obviously of, of this NFT movement, kind of towards virtualization, working on standards. Release one came out last year. They're working on release two now. Uh, I guess what's your view on how well they've been kind of, I guess staying in front of the need for this? Because it does seem like operators, unlike past perhaps standards or, or different uh, initiatives, it seems like this one's really being driven by, by the wireless operator, telecom operators. Uh, how well do you think uh, Etsy has done in staying, I guess, in front of the need and the demand for, for virtualization? Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, our relationship with, with Etsy from a forum perspective is around those particular use cases. And so we're looking to leverage that as much as possible. Okay. Um, I guess to, to your point, um, what the, the, the nitty gritty about the, the, the Mano definition about whether we, we truly have something which is multi-vendor and, and interoperable, because that's another key question that we have as a forum, yeah. is we see lots of, uh, as an industry, lots of uh, approaches to, to deploy virtualization, but many of those are in proprietary implementations. And so a core question that we have as a forum is can we have virtualization and a multi-vendor ecosystem? And so that, that, that comes back to the, the, the role of standards as we decompose how are we going to define those interfaces between the individual elements. But that is front and center of, of our operators um, you know, requirements moving forward. We can't jump forward it, it, with virtualization if we lose the whole aspect of multi-vendor ecosystem that we've worked so hard to cultivate over the years. Yeah, that's right. That's a key point of all those virtualization talk is the fact that you're right. I mean, if, if this doesn't all work together between different vendors, uh, it just becomes a bigger mess for, for operators going forward. And that, you know, that's something they want to try to avoid, like you said. I mean, they want to be able to make these things not necessarily plug and play, but, but pretty close to plug and play, or at least uh, automated enough to where they can make these things work without having to check every connection constantly. I mean, that's got to be a, a key part of part to all this. So, um, right, and, and 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 candidly, that's been one of the successes of as the forum. Uh, a, a little known fact is that the small cell ecosystem is built on a on a multi vendor definition, such that I can get my um, phi from from various different vendors, and and the whole industry has adopted sort of a common decomposition as to how to build small cells. Uh, so we have that multi-vendor aspect, but also the work that we do with Etsy around plug fests mm -hmm. to, to ensure that we have multi-vendor equipment that can uh, interoperate as well. And so, so obviously we do have established uh, relations with, with Etsy on, on that, that sort of basis for the interoperability testing. Got it, makes sense. Okay, well, before we wrap up here, I mean, I guess as you look ahead a little bit, obviously this announcement, it's still fairly new. I know you've been working with Etsy for a while on this though. Um, I mean, do you see any big challenges? I guess what's, you know, as you look ahead on this on this agreement and kind of what, which, what the small cell form is trying to do here, uh, do you see, I guess, what's the thing that, that are keeping you guys up at night or, or making you guys most, uh, most stressed out about how this will all progress uh, uh, for both the small cell form and also for Etsy? Yeah, so I think it's, it's whether there's a one size fits all um, or, or whether we need a framework and, and how do we handle those multi-vendor issues when we're in a framework, in particular because transport plays such a key role, the, tra the characteristics of the transport, 
We have a, a decomposition today based on CIPRI ORI, uh, which is very much uh, focused on ideal. Uh, we're going to get another decomposition likely, which is based on sort of sub-ideal. But how many different transport types do we need to accommodate? And how does that impact the adoption of this technology moving forward? And particularly, you know, for, from a, a marketing perspective, for uh, ensuring that we have multi-vendor capabilities as we have this these breadth of use cases and you know looking at 5g we i guess it's the same we have everything from the the, the machine to machine small packets long battery life to the very high data rate low latency can we have a single system which spans that broad range of, of requirements we have exactly the same from a transport perspective yeah. can we have a, a single system which is able to accommodate the broad range of transport characteristics that we see in small cells. It sounds easy. I mean, no, no big deal, right? It's to be uh, knocked out in a week or two, but uh, <laughs> but obviously I know you guys, like you said, you guys have that show coming up in June in London. Uh, I'm guessing we'll probably see some more news uh, from that there as well on the topic. Uh, and again, a lot of work for you guys ahead, it looks like, but uh, again, a lot of smart people there. I'm sure you guys will get it all figured out. It's all uh, ones and zeros at this point. So uh, uh, you guys get it all knocked out, no big deal. But uh, well, hey, Mark, we definitely, uh, definitely appreciate the time and insight today on the topic. And hopefully we can catch up again soon as you guys progress with both, you know, just working on the small cell stuff in general, but also disagreement with Etsy too. Hopefully you get some, uh, some updates for, uh, with you going forward too. But thanks again for the time today. Hey, Dan, it's been, been a pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, great. That was thanks. That was is going to be, um, you know, obviously something. A distinguished engineer. Make sure I get this right. At A consulting engineer at, at Cisco. Again, Mark, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So. Well, uh, recently I had a chance to talk with uh, Chris Pearson, who's the uh, president of 4G Americas. Uh, Chris recently returned from a, make sure I get this right here, uh, the Next Generation Mobile Network event in Europe, the NGMN event in Europe, uh, where virtualization was a, was a hot topic. Uh, I spoke with Chris about what he witnessed uh, from the event in terms of virtualization. Virtualization is going to be, um, you know, obviously something that is a reality now. Um, you're seeing many of the, the companies, both operators and vendors, uh, develop you know, partnerships for virtualizing you know, certain parts of their network. And, and I think the, the stuff that you know, operators are looking for is efficiency within their networks. And that, that has an effect on capbacks and has an effect on offense. So, that, so it's a very timely uh, discussion and you know, it's a reality today. I also think virtualization between now 2015 and uh, the 5G networks in, in 2020 and beyond will continue to develop. I think, you know, I don't think anybody's going to wait for 5G to do virtualization and they're going to look at their networks and see, you know, what needs to be done and how it can be done and where it makes sense to be done. Um, having said that, I do think virtualization will be an enabler for many of the things that are being proposed at this time for 5G. So it's definitely, um, virtualization is definitely a reality. I think each a carrier will have a different technology roadmap for the timing of virtualization and when they might want to do it. But again, operators are looking to, to save on OPEX and CAPEX and virtualization could be potentially one of the ways that, that they do that. And at the same time, providing a high levels of, of customer service to their customers. All right, well, that was uh, Chris Pearson with 4G Americas. Uh, for more of the interview, uh, you can check out the RCR TV site where I spoke with Chris a bit about, I guess, the continuing to work towards uh, towards the 5G standard, which is obviously uh, like you know a discussion there with Mark uh, a little bit earlier, a big a big topic of discussion for a lot of people in the industry. Uh, and I also talked a bit with Chris about uh, the runway he sees still for LTE and 4G. Obviously, there's still a lot of work that could be done with LTE, LTE Advanced, uh, in terms of uh, helping uh, helping operators 
uh, deploy their networks. So uh, some interesting insight there, but please you can check out the rest of the interview there uh, on the RCR TV side. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week's NFBSD and Reality Check. I want to again thank my guests, Mark Grayson and, and uh, Chris Pearson for their insight today. Also, uh, if you have any suggestions for the show, we are always open to suggestions. Uh, please let me know at uh, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com. That is D-M-E-Y-E-R at rcrwireless.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Meyer underscore Dan. That's uh, Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R underscore Dan. Uh, always uh, like the uh, insight there and uh, uh, the talking with the, with the, with the viewers. But, uh, but again, thanks again for watching the show this week. Uh, and as a programming note, uh, we will not have a show next week. Uh, I will be uh, doing something else. Uh, but we'll be back uh, the following week uh, with some great guests. We're going to be speaking with the uh, Onos Project on its uh, recent Blackbird release, which should be pretty exciting. And also uh, a, a, a conversation with uh, UBCube's CEO on their view of the NFB space. So uh, again, no show next week, but a show the following week with some great guests. So definitely check that out. But uh, again, thanks for watching the show this week, and we will see you all soon. NFV SDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com, and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.